0: Hi, just a quick reminder before we start our session. If you can turn off your phones, that would be fantastic. Uh, We don't want any interruptions. Also, my name is Bobby Cullum, and I will be your moderator for today. Um, Just a reminder, this session will be recorded. Um, You will be able to find a link on Twitter or on our website um, in a day or two. Um, Lunch, it's $11. Please put it in the basket. Um, If you can have someone from your table Count and um, pass it off to either Canute or Annalise when they come collecting. That would be fantastic. There is the two-dollar coffee option too, so you can let the server know. Um, So our meeting, as most of you know, is 25 to 30. Our session is 25 to 30 minutes. Our speaker will speak. Then we will. Take a break for lunch. We will discuss amongst ourselves the great information we have just gleaned. And then uh, following that, there will be a question period. So today, I want to introduce to you Mr. David Hill. He is here to speak to us on agricultural innovation. What are the motivating factors? And Mr. Hill currently holds two roles. At the University of Lethbridge, he is jointly appointed by the U of L and Lethbridge College as the Director of Development for the Southern Alberta Agriculture Program. This initiative brings together and integrates academic training, research, and applied research across the universities or university college in the areas of agriculture, agribusiness, and capitalizes on research collaborations with federal, provincial, industry and producer groups. There's much to be said about David Hill, but I'll finish with this. He has 40 years of experience in water, agriculture, and natural resource management. He was a member of the Alberta Water Council for nine years until joining the U L in 2012. David is the chair of the Aztec Foundation, a board member of the Agriculture and Food Council, and inside education. He also serves as a water policy co-chair for the Pacific Northwest Economic Region. Please join me in welcoming Mr. David Hill.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It's it's a real pleasure to uh, be here, and I always enjoy coming to SACBOS sessions when my uh, schedule allows. And I guess in talking to Knut earlier on, I, I said I can only come now but once every five weeks because I'm so busy. Yet, it was pretty easy for him to get me to come to this one. So, <coughs> with that... Um, What I would like to talk to you about today are some things that are happening here in southern Alberta that actually have global implications. And so in addition to talking about the kind of work that is happening uh, at the college and the university specifically, I want to cast that in the light of uh, what is happening globally, uh, what are the things that maybe we should be paying attention to, and hopefully it won't be too difficult for you to see that At least in my opinion, uh, agriculture could become the great economic engine of diversification that Alberta is going to need going forward. And so, (coughs) excuse me, with that, uh, I'll uh, get underway. Maybe, well, we'll do it this way. So. Let's, let's talk about the grand challenge that's uh, facing the planet uh, and us as well. Global population is forecast to reach about 9 billion people by 2050. Uh, depending on which set of statistics you want to look at and whose forecast, that 9 billion is either 9 billion or up to 10 billion or a little beyond 10 billion. Suffice it to say, it's an awful lot of people. Uh, we're about 7.4 billion uh, at the present time and population continues to increase. I'm not sure about you, but I know myself. I have a difficult time wrapping my head around what population growth looks like because most of it is happening in other parts of the world as compared to here. And so what this kind of growth means is that if you take births minus deaths, we're growing a greater New York City about every 60 days. That's how population increases working around the planet. At the same time, water and land resources are very limited. We're not making any more of them. So the same land and water resources need to do more. In addition to that, climate change is altering the distribution, the availability, and access to those kinds of resources, which really does begin to change how much land there is available how much water is there available, and will have an impact on how are we going to meet this need of more food. If you take a look at that need for more food, uh, you can see estimates of anywhere from 70% more food to 100% more food between now and 2050. At the same time that the food demands will increase, that population increase is also going to increase demands on energy. And energy demands actually could perhaps triple in the same time that demands for food doubles. One of the other interesting statistics and forecasts is also taking a look at what is the overall economy of the planet by the time we get to 2050. And the estimates are currently that more than half of everybody on the Earth will be what we consider today middle class, with about $60 trillion of disposable income which is really going to change the way people look at things that are important to them, and food always is close to the top of the list. So, are there any signals that kind of fit in with some of these forecasts? There are a number of them. The increased affluence of consumer markets, uh, market demands for food, on a go-forward basis, this is what the new markets will want, is food that's appetizing, safe, nourishing, convenient to prepare, available in almost unlimited quantities, and at reasonable prices. So I think that's the life I've been living mostly in my career, in my life. That's kind of what I've had the benefit of. Other parts of the world haven't, but that's becoming more and more common as we go forward. Another one of the signals that we're starting to see in many aspects is that environmental performance and sustainability is increasingly important in consumer choices. It's increasingly important in how uh, companies are choosing to market what they do. And I think paying attention to the demand for sustainability and uh, environmental performance will be key things that we can look at in what we do in southern Alberta to respond to these global demands. Economic profitability and environmental performance are going to be crucial to that sustained production, to value added agribusiness development, as well as to market access. We may not get into countries that have demands for food unless we can meet certain conditions. Uh, This is an interesting slide. Uh, This is uh, out of a group in Australia a couple years ago, uh, taking a look at uh, Asian food imports only between 2007 and uh, 2050. And uh, you'll notice that the demand for meat protein, vegetables and fruit, dairy, cereals are all going to be increasing significantly. This is in in dollar terms going forward. The meat protein one is very interesting in that uh, what makes up that increase is only about 20% beef. Uh, The rest of it is primarily uh, chicken and pork. Nonetheless, uh, these are all water-intensive food products that we need to be looking at. Taking a look at this, uh, who has the combination of uh, land and water to be able to produce the more food that the world is going to need. Uh, we're down now basically to about five countries in the world who have the combination of uh, natural capital, uh, intellectual capital, and financial capital to greatly increase exports to meet that growing food demand. Canada is one of those five. One of the things that's interesting when we talk about Canadian, Canada and Canadian agriculture is to put in context what is the value economically of what it is we're doing in agriculture. So I went looking for some statistics on who the top exporters in the world are for food and nutrition. Number one is the United States. How many of you would have guessed number two? The Netherlands. Those of you who have been there would have probably not had to guess. You would have known. Wondered probably why it wasn't number one. Um, Look at where Canada is. We're actually less than half of the Netherlands. It's a big country. So where's the difference? There was an interesting report out by the U.S. Department of Agriculture in March of this year that took a look at what's in this U.S. exports the largest single country receiving exports of food and nutrition from the United States is Canada and we're over 20 billion dollars. Of the 20 billion dollars that we get each year from the US, almost 17 billion is in high-cost, high-value food and nutrition products. Only 3% is bulk goods. So shipping of commodities, it's very, very small. If you take a look at the US exports to China, they're just about a billion dollars less than what they sent, what the US sends to Canada, but two thirds is bulk exports. So I think one of the rules of thumb going forward is, as we look at what our agricultural opportunities are in Alberta and in Canada, it's beginning to be a little more intentional about how do we derive more value from the primary production and how do we begin to actually transition from just producing primarily commodities to actually being known for producing consumer products in food and nutrition and basing that both on what our domestic needs are but probably more importantly on what the global needs are. So putting this in context at this whole global situation Alberta actually has all the elements that are needed to be globally relevant in the area of agriculture and agribusiness. We have advanced irrigation systems, Uh, about 70 percent of all the irrigation in Canada is right here in southern Alberta. We have a very productive livestock sector, extensive grains and oilseed sector, an emerging fibers sector, Uh, for a while now, uh, fairly low-cost energy, And now opportunities, I think, from a biomass point of view to actually get into the energy generation uh, market as part of agriculture. Expanding value-added agribusiness sector, there are good things happening. Uh, They're primarily built on uh, domestic or national consumption uh, as compared to international, but good things happening. And we do have an extensive transportation network. That said, we are still a long way from tidewater and that's one of the things that I found very interesting uh, when I was last in the Netherlands is taking a look at of that almost eighty billion dollars a year that the Netherlands ships in food and nutrition how much goes by container ship and how much goes by air and it's about seventy percent goes by air in value only thirty percent by container ship so Even though we're this far from Tidewater, if we begin to think a little bit differently about how do we produce food, how do we produce nutrition from our primary production, it really speaks to the opportunity economically to do things differently so that we have the kinds of higher value goods that can ship by airplane. We're always going to need Tidewater, we're always going to need rail and trucks, uh, but there are other alternatives that we can maybe bring into the mix. Uh, Southern Alberta's history, of course, is rooted uh, in agriculture. I think there's still a fairly strong pioneering ethic that remains, at least in the people that I get to talk to. Um, We have been, I think, in a position now where if we really want to be a leading player in a global agricultural system, it likely means a bit of a transformation in agriculture, a step change. We've been very good at making incremental improvements, and I think we're going to have to continue to do those, find efficiencies, all of those kinds of things. But I think we're going to have to begin to think a little bit differently. If we talk about agri-food, a nice hyphenated word, we really do well on the agri-side. We do a little less well on the food side. And I had actually somebody tell me the other day, A colleague in Calgary says if you look at that hyphen the way it is in Canada today the hyphen is a mountain to cross what we need to do is change it into a bridge and so I think we have some really interesting opportunities going forward if we want to have a vision about what Alberta is in the future in this global uh, agricultural world um, maybe this is a bit of a vision that Alberta is a globally recognized preferred jurisdiction in the sustainable production of high quality safe food nutrition. That's a great large statement to make. Uh, A couple things will likely underpin that. The uh, Alberta's primary producers operate with globally recognized best practices in food production and environmental performance. And that we have a thriving value added agribusiness community that's focused on meeting the demands of domestic and global markets. So a a really big vision going forward. (coughs) So that really brings me to uh, what I get to spend my days doing these days in working uh, with the uh, college and the university, is in that big picture global opportunity, what's the role that post-secondary institutions play? What should we be carving out for ourselves? Where can we actively contribute? So we are bringing together expertise from across the university and college to educate students and professionals in agriculture and agribusiness. We've both been doing that for a long time. We've had our agricultural programs. We've graduated lots of students. We're now beginning to focus on the other piece of agriculture, which is the business of agriculture. We're building on the existing research relationships that we have. We're developing new ones. We're enhancing some of our informal collaborations with community, business, and government and that's a, a process of building some new relationships having some different discussions and being eager to embrace the needs that exist in the industry as well as the opportunities that exist in the economy and we're establishing platforms for advanced studies and training and research uh, to meet those challenges. Uh, the U of L has <coughs> as I mentioned a just grab a water <coughs> has had a long history in, in agriculture and uh, research and, uh, with its institutes. Um, we have a number of them that have real bearing on agriculture, the Alberta Terrestrial Imaging Center, the Prentice Institute for Global Demographics and Economy, the Small Business Institute, which has a fairly large platform in uh, farming and agriculture, the Water Institute for Sustainable Environments, and then we have a number of strengths through a number of faculty departments in biology, geography, and economics. The college is no different. They've had a very long history of everything from agriculture and heavy equipment technicians, ag sciences with focuses on both uh, plant and animal streams, uh, the Aquaculture Center of Excellence. Uh, those of you who have never been to or seen ACE, um, it's a great place for you to get yourself invited to. They're doing really innovative things there. Courses in business management, environmental assessment and restoration, geomatics engineering, natural resource compliance, renewable resource management, and this past year, they began a whole new program in agricultural business risk management, which is actually delivered over the internet to students, professionals, in fact, anybody who would like to take it, it's available. So what are the game changers that are actually getting us into this position where Alberta could become a globally recognized preferred jurisdiction for the production, sustainable production of safe food and nutrition. It's about the people that we're going to train, the students who are going to graduate, making sure they have the skills to tackle these global problems. So we've had some game changers that have moved us ahead. While both the college and the university have, have been having their thoughts about how to move agriculture ahead, we received a gift a year ago from Corvan Ray, a $5 million investment into the university and the college a very unique way to provide a gift in that I think we were good at working with each other generally and now we're working with each other intentionally and so that gift provided a million dollars for student awards uh, endowment for student awards half of the college half at the university two million dollars to support academic programming which is what we're working on right now and another two million dollars focused on innovation and entrepreneurship at each of the institutions. We were very fortunate to have that investment matched by the province. So, CORE's investment of five has become 10, which is not insignificant. CORE had a vision when he made the gift, and this is his vision, to ensure that agriculture and agribusiness remain viable career options for post-secondary graduates in Alberta. We want more students to think about a career in agriculture you can actually have a thrilling career in business and focus it entirely on agriculture. Lots of really exciting opportunities. Other game changers, um, the potato growers of Alberta along with uh, McCain, Lamb Weston and Cavendish Foods uh, have invested in the development of a uh, research chair in potato science uh, which has also been matched and Uh, Dr. Dimitro Yevtushenko has been recruited to that position. Uh, The college had a wonderful gift from the Mueller family that has allowed them with some matching money that the college was able to find uh, to bring in an applied research chair in irrigation science. Uh, Willemines uh, Appels is uh, that researcher. So we've had lots of good things happening, and these aren't the only things, but these are kind of big-ticket items. So what's this going to lead to? Well, here's what we're working on from a programming point of view. New and updated programming jointly developed by the college and the university. Uh, Next Monday we sit down again with uh, faculty members from management and arts and science at the college and then from agriculture and business at at the college and the others from the university where we're actually working on the programming that's going to be delivered. We've been meeting with industry representatives to help make sure that we're going to meet the needs of what the industry is going to require. We're addressing gaps in post-secondary education. We're also taking a look at how we can drive what we're doing in programming through this engagement with industry. We're also trying to be responsive to the kind of the culture and fabric of southern Alberta. We're doing this and really hopefully perfecting our craft on the kind of agriculture that we experience here. The agriculture we have here in this semi-arid region is repeated in many places around the world and if we can learn to do it better, faster, more efficiently, more productively, more economically here, then those skills are really exportable around the world. And we're really in this whole program focused on student success. I know that CORE was less interested in whether you got a certificate or a diploma or an undergraduate degree than he was that the students would have a wonderful experience and learn new things in agriculture and agribusiness. So the advanced agribusiness practices that we're talking about are going to enable students to create new things, to operate new things, to transform existing things. So really taking a creative spin to what we're trying to accomplish. We have a number of guiding principles that we've put in place, the innovative programming, shared students between the institutions, student engagement, giving students the maximum flexibility moving back and forth, shared credentialing. I think with some of my other colleagues in Campus Alberta, saying those words causes a little bit of people to shrug their shoulders and say what are you talking about? Um, Seamless transfers, shared resources and here's the areas of focus we're looking at. Ag economics, business risk management, business development, entrepreneurship, finance, human resource management, commodity and futures trading, management leadership, everything around the geospatial sciences, uh, precision agriculture, and even synthetic biology. One of the other big investments we've had recently at the University of Lethbridge, a million dollars to create a makerspace in synthetic biology that is a non-genetic modification process that can be used to improve plant qualities, traits, and other things that will be of real importance in agriculture. In the av- innovation and entrepreneurship side, uh, that $2 million that uh, CORE invested specific in this area, um, the U of L has launched a program called Agility. The college has a program, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, Agriculture Entrepreneur in Residence uh, that are up and running and started. Uh, Agility was successful this year, we began it in April, a year ago. Of bringing in uh, nine speakers at uh, sessions. Uh, most of them focused on agriculture and agribusiness. We had more than 500 students from the college and university attend those events. We had 300 people from the community. Many of you have come and attended some of those events. And we welcome you to continue to do so. And the first course in innovation begins at the university this summer. Uh, probably in the next week or so. Um, I would give you the details on the course except it's fully subscribed. There's a waiting list. So that's good news. This innovation focus though covers a number of things. It covers business innovation, technical and technological innovation, certainly scientific innovation, but also social innovation. And it's this social innovation piece that I think in the long run will be very interesting locally in how we can begin to use social innovation to improve the prospects of people here who remain disadvantaged and perhaps don't have access to the best food. Um, We can get to that. Finally, I think the other piece we're doing is we're complementing things by really taking a focus on research and development. Um, This will cover a number of areas. It will involve the university, the college, uh, Agriculture Canada, the Lethbridge Research and Development Center, and uh, Alberta Agriculture and Forestry. And we've... We've picked a number of general themes. The ones that are most interested to our partners provincially and federally have to do with plant, animal, and crop science. Some of the implications from environmental science. How do we become the most environmentally sustainable producers of food and nutrition and become recognized as such? Data-driven agriculture which fits into precision agriculture and what that means. And then from an agribusiness side, really this draw of new people and new talent into the business of agriculture as well as what does the future business of agriculture look like and in that area there's everything from competitive market intelligence international trade agreements uh, treaties all of these things where there are wonderful careers in agriculture that we can begin to attract people to and I know the one thing in our institution in the graduate education side for masters and PhD candidates we would love to have more Canadian grads pursuing those career paths and that would be excellent for us. We've had lots of great external engagements as we've been down this uh, pathway, uh, strong connections with some of the other members of campus Alberta and then some really interesting universe or international connections that we're developing and enriching where we can harvest some knowledge that we don't yet have but apply it here through these partnerships and finally in the area of collaboration and partnerships the success we have at the college and the university in producing these programs in attracting the students in ensuring their success is really largely going to be dependent upon how well we listen, how well we collaborate and how well we engage with the stakeholder communities and there are industry stakeholders, there are public stakeholders, there are NGO stakeholders we have to be really eager and prepared to have those kinds of open conversations so that what we're creating provides such a differentiation in the world of agriculture and agribusiness that students will choose here to do these themes will develop the new businesses improve the economy but also change things that are happening on the planet and with that I would say thank you very much for your attention